0: and welcome to another episode of the Dream Factory Podcast. My name is Ryan Baldy. I'm the author of the Dream Factory inside the make-or-break world of footballs academies and the book has now been out for a month. Um, For everyone who's picked it up, thank you for, for picking up a copy. I hope you've enjoyed it. For those of you who have enjoyed it, please do consider leaving a kind rating or review with the retailer you purchased the book from. On today's episode of the podcast, we're looking at goalkeeping coaching within academies and how it has evolved over the years and I'm delighted to be joined by Chris Ramsey Chris is a goalkeeping coach at Fulham's Academy. He has previous experience with Chelsea. Um, and he came on the podcast to talk all about his journey, um, his beginnings in Australia, his route into coaching in England, um, his sabbatical and time coaching over in Brazil with some of the most historical clubs in Brazil and everything he learned there. And also about how goalkeeping coaching has evolved over the years. Okay, here's Chris. Chris Ramsey, welcome to the Dream Factory podcast. Thank you for joining me. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good, thank you very much. Cheers for having me on.
0: No problem, thanks for coming. Um, so yeah, we're gonna dig pretty deep into the world of academy goalkeeping coaching, but if we could kick off just by um getting a bit of an overview of your background um, and your route into coaching, if that's okay, if you want to give us the uh the um the background there,
1: yeah, sure. Um, so I guess you can tell that I'm uh, not from here, so I'm Australian. I'm from Perth on the west coast. Um, so growing up, I never really thought that I was ever going to be a football coach. It, it's not sort of uh, it's not sort of something that you know we had then. I mean, I, I grew up. but I don't think I had any qualified coaches or anything like that. There was no academies where I where I was at the time, and um, it was more like uh, I'd, I'd moved over to. UK probably about 24 25 or something like that and I was going to be working in design Um, but I had this idea that maybe I could maybe I could play conference or something like that and um, realized that I was absolutely nowhere near the level I think required but you know I was playing at the highest level I could in Perth, but uh, it wasn't the same over here. And, you know, you sort of really realize the impact that the football system over here has with, with young players. I mean, there's so much quality and there's so much quality coaching to be fair. So um, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of maybe what, what piqued my interest about that. But as I got through sort of, um, you know, working through pubs and, and cafes and all that sort of stuff and, um, eventually got my design job i realized i didn't want to be sitting inside on a computer all day long and um staring at two screens and i started doing my coaching badges to to try and get a bit of outdoor time and um yeah it kind of just evolved through that i mean the first job i I ever had was in chelsea's foundation Um, and yeah, super grateful that I got that at the time. I think I think a lot of what, what we might talk about in in my in regards to my career is actually sort of it seems very lucky and very serendipitous. I mean, I kind of came in at a time when they needed a goalkeeping coach at Cobham um, in the development centre, so um, I came straight into working at Cobham, working at a, an amazing sort of facility amazing place to be and amazing um you know staff and and even in in the foundation development centers we had a great great sort of wealth of talent there that that I was working with so um straight into that environment which was fantastic for me Um, yeah that's that's kind of where you you sort of I met the right people and I, I sort of, um, you know, tried to, tried to pick people's brains and tried to watch academy sessions and had the link with the, uh, the it was then called the ladies team, the, the women's set up there as well. So, um, yeah, eventually you just sort of get to know the right people and you're around enough that when the opportunities arise, you can sort of just um, sidestep and step up. And, and yeah, that's, that's where it all came from. And that was around 2012, was
0: it, Um, you joined joined Chelsea's Academy?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Sorry, the the foundation around 2012, I believe. Uh, um, Yeah, so it was a foundation around 2012, and I think I worked for a couple of years within there, and then um, it was off to Brazil um, for... Yeah, just a, a little, um, a little sabbatical. Um, it happened to be around the time of of the World Cup, so I felt like that was a little um, opportunity I couldn't ignore. I've got one of one of my best mates is Brazilian and lives over there, and had this great chance to go and live with him and maybe watch a couple of matches. And through that evolved. Uh, I started, you know, through friends and friends and friends. I, I met some really um, influential people in Brazilian football, and uh, was was allowed into a couple of clubs to uh, to watch and to to learn and try and speak to people, and um, ended up even working at Palmeiras for almost two months. I think, um, yes, such a great experience and. Through that, I mean, I, could, I couldn't get the visa and, and stay even longer. I would have loved to. I'd, I'd probably still be there to this day if, if that had happened. But um, through that, I, I had to come back and um, eventually just uh, slotted straight back in at Chelsea, at Chelsea with, with the women's department. Um, yeah. Uh, and then from the women's department, an opening arose at the academy. So that's, um, yeah. When
0: you were in Brazil, you worked with some of the most historical clubs in that country, um, just looking through the list now, Fluminense, Palmeiras, Santos. Um, that must have been a real sort of eye-opener in terms of not just how Brazilian clubs operate and, and the difference to that end, but also more specifically with your role as a goalkeeping coach and their approach to to the, the role of, um, of the goalkeeper. Was there much that you, you took away from that? Did it Did it change your methodology in any way?
1: Definitely, I, I I sort of talk about that time in Brazil as as what um, completely shaped my goalkeeping philosophy. To be honest, um, the stuff that I was doing maybe in the in the foundation and, and my early bits, with the ladies, I I was really sort of learning my trade from the other coaches. I was just learning by watching, and um, and you know, as a goal, I played as a goalkeeper, but you don't see the, the coaching side of it until you're in it. And um, yeah, I was just watching what other people were doing. And that's, and, and of course, you get your, a little bit of knowledge from the national governing body sort of courses and things like that. Um, but there was never anything really outside of the box. When I went to Brazil, it, it wasn't like I was learning all these amazing new things that, that would make coaching better. I, I really hate to talk down on it, but I felt like I, I saw a lot of stuff that I felt was obviously wrong in the way that it was coached, obviously a, a little too far um, outdated. Um, don't get me wrong, there's some some great coaches out there as well, as well, but at the time, there was no real coaching qualifications for them and all the coaches within the academies were either ex-players or... Uh, You know, they had a a degree in physical movement, something like that. Um, So there weren't football-specific qualifications and it wasn't as in-depth as it really is over here now. Um, So I think I saw, yeah, a a lot of things that I I, I can sort of sit back and watch and think, hang on a minute. Uh, Now, watching this, I I see that it's not realistic. It It doesn't really target what they're saying that, the targeting for the goalkeepers um and i actually do a lot of this stuff myself you know when i when i was coaching so that's kind of what changed my mentality and i, I sort of started realizing that i had to be a lot more focused on the transference to the actual game of what i was actually doing um and i think still that is quite a, a really hard thing for goalkeeper coaches to do and not, not for the, the lack of trying to change it. Um, it's just very hard logistically to, uh, to make that sort of game realistic and environment when you're only working with, you know, two, three, four goalkeepers at a time. And uh, so in some corner of the pitch, you know, <laughs> pushed away where, where you've not got the right line markings you've not got the space that you want to work in and stuff like that and I think that's the same for, for a lot of goalkeeper coaches mm. across the, the world um but yeah no an, an amazing experience and some great some great sort of um some great coaches that I that I work with and some great players and the, the, the ability there and I think something that really shaped the way I think about goalkeeping now as well is is the culture over there and and seeing the players across the board and thinking how amazing their movement skills are and just the, the, the fluidity of, of their movement. And I, th- I feel like that's down to the culture. I mean, I, I lived with my, my mate and his family and I did what they do and well, I tried to do what they do because, you know, they, they dance on the regular, um, there's, there's music in the streets all the time. And if it's not, you know playing football then it's down the beach and it's foot volley and it's or it's in the park and we're you know playing football on a table or um you know they there's they they have this sort of culture of of these local suburban clubs where everyone goes at night it's either to go to the gym or you go and play volleyball or you go and play football in the in the pitch there and it's everyone's together and everyone's doing sport everyone's active and um i feel like it's no wonder that There's so many great athletes coming out of of there and and in the past, amazing footballers, not necessarily for their um, game understanding or knowledge of the game or whatever, but when they come over here and it's just the raw talent is out of this world. So I think that idea of the culture of movement over there um, that really sort of inspired uh, a bit of thinking within me that, that has kind of you know, shaped, shaped what, I'm, what I'm trying to do with goalkeepers these days.
0: That's really interesting. You, of, of those lessons you learned and, and those takeaways you, 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 you brought home with you um, when you went back to Chelsea, was it more of an outlook um, adaptation for you or were there any sort of tangible specific things you can point to in, in how it changed your sessions?
1: yeah um, I, I think maybe when I first came back I I tried to change too much I mean it, it, it's like I looked at I looked at technical drills and and thought I've got to completely get rid of them because they're, they're not realistic you know you, you don't have someone standing at the penalty spot with the ball on their hands and and hitting volleys at you and it's just it doesn't relate to the game and there's no yeah, there's no transference there. So I, I tried to get rid of all of that stuff and tried to incorporate a lot more with, um, you know, people waiting for rebounds, things coming from the angle and different movements that that would happen in a game. But potentially it, it, it was a little too much. It, it, the thing is, I still have no um, no gauge of what... <laughs> what has been effective and what hasn't it's you know i even even some of the boys that i've coached in in chelsea's academy who are doing great now and you know england setups and stuff i can't say that that's me or or what i did specifically then um then you know it could have been the guy before me could have been the guy after it could have been just the boys um upbringing himself so it's it's really hard to gauge what what you've done that's worked and and maybe been better than what you did before or what you'll do next. So, yeah, I, I I can't really say what what has worked and what hasn't. It's just it's just a feeling of what um, what helps and what is more what is more realistic for me and what transfers to the game more often. So, yeah, I, I feel like at the moment I'm at this sort of happy balance where I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to make it a very uh, a very holistic sort of program that, that we run, but also as, yeah, as realistic as, as possible, as game-related as you can be. You know? Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, when you came back to Chelsea, as you mentioned, you were working with the, the women's first team. Um, you also went on to work across several age categories in the, in the Boys Academy too. Um, so I was wondering how... Well, I, I imagine that demands a lot of adaptability from you as a coach to be able to work across such age ranges and ability levels um how how does that that alter your approach um and how difficult is it to switch between the different hats of working with the different age groups and of course uh, a 1st the environment as well uh
1: yeah um it's it it is difficult um I, I, i sort of my my the majority of my time at chelsea i was under 11s and under 12s and that was that was my uh my sort of safe space i felt like i knew what i was doing i was comfortable there and i really enjoyed that age range as well um but then so so from the women's first team and and i was women's reserves and all down through their center of excellence as well it I'd say at the time I was sort of just learning from, so I wasn't head goalkeeper coach there. It was um, Stuart Sell at the time, so is, I believe. Um, and I was sort of just shadowing him and helping him when, when he was, um, yeah, not available and stuff like that. And so it was really, um, I would just try and do what he was doing. And again, I was still just watching what he was doing and trying to, trying to add in those bits that I thought I, I learned, but it it was too much of a, it was too much of a, you know, a step up for me that I didn't want to be. Trying to you know reinvent the wheel when I'd just come back from Brazil and you know I, I hadn't coached at that level before, so I wasn't going to straight away implement all the stuff that that I thought I wanted. But then when I was working further down the age groups and the Girls' Centre of Excellence and stuff like that, then I was trying to be a bit more adaptable with my coaching and and try try out new things and um yeah yeah it was it was more of a it it was like a second learning process. It was like all the stuff that I thought I'd I'd seen in Brazil, and now I got to try and implement it and take the bits that that I think work and think things that I think don't. Um, but yeah, going then into the boys' academy with the 11s and 12s again, that's that's an age range where I think you can you can do a lot of. I mean, you have to you have to have a very wide range of things that you can do um, at a at a base level. Um, whereas when you start working, I worked with. Um, Nathan Baxter when he was on loan in the uh, National League, and that's basically the opposite end where he's he's had all the basics, he's had all that mid-range, and he's up to he's a professional now, and and you're trying to tweak really tiny things from week to week, and just trying to keep him sharp, but but make these incremental improvements where you can. So going from that during the morning and then uh, in the evenings, I was back with the 11s and 12s where you're trying to do these really foundational skills and, and trying to give them a really holistic sort of session from day-to-day, week-to-week, and then try and keep in mind again, okay, when I get home, I'm thinking about tomorrow's session with Nathan, and um, that's got to be completely different. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult, but I think, I think that's the hardest thing for goalkeeper coaches across the board, especially in, in academy setups where you don't, it's very rarely full-time. I don't know any academy goalkeeper coach, um, sorry, you know, foundation phase and YDP sort of uh, goalkeeper coaches that are full-time, you know, and, and that's that's the hardest part about it is trying to, trying to juggle all these different things. I mean, I've got a, another job on the side. I think everyone else does and you, you've, you've, you'll be working with some players one night and try to keep in mind what you think they need to work on. And then the next night you'll be working with a different group and trying to progress them all at the same time, whilst them all having different things to work on whilst balancing your, uh, your other job and your, yeah, you know, your social life and things like that. So I think that's a, a really hard thing, I guess, across the board for, for youth coaches, um, yeah, just that that juggling act of keeping all these different things, um, you know, spinning all these plates. Yeah, 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 definitely.
0: Uh, and then after uh, four years or so at Chelsea, um, you spent a couple of years in France. Um, so uh, I'm interested to learn a little bit about about your work over there. Um, I believe was it at first team level you were you were working?
1: Yeah, it was, but that was basically going down to grassroots. Um, So Ev was, was just my local club. Um, The, the reason for, uh, for going over there, it wasn't really football related at all. It was just kind of a, a a time where I think myself and my girlfriend thought we had this great opportunity um, with my parents, my parents owned a property over there and it was going to be vacant and they like, we could have helped them help them create this great business, which we did before COVID, but, um yeah, it was sort of I had in my mind that I would go over there and I'd go back to grassroots and I'd I'd be able to really put into practice all the things that I wanted to think about and wanted to wanted to do with coaching because it was grassroots and I'd come from Chelsea and I I feel like they'll just give me the, the key to the city, you know, in terms of their their football. And and so I became their club goalkeeping coach and I worked with their you know the youngest right through to to the first team who i played for again um yeah and it was it was really interesting but it was not as easy as i thought because i came in there not speaking the language well enough and and, uh, it really shows you how important vocabulary is and the way you explain things and describe things in terms of coaching so um that, that was um, hard. It didn't really turn out as, as I'd hoped in terms of the, the football side of thing. but in terms of what it made me think about and the things that made me research and write about, um, that's kind of got me to where I am now and got me involved in the Masters that I'm doing um, and, and yeah, the, the silver linings of COVID as well. When, when the business that we had over there fell apart for that, it, it, it sort of gave us all the time in the world to do online courses. And um, yeah, just, I think I did three or four online courses and tried to tried to really scrub up on, on different aspects of knowledge that I thought I needed, but you don't necessarily get from, for instance, the FA courses or, you know, football-related courses. So um, yeah, like the child development courses, like a neuroscience course through the... Um, the Barça, uh, I think it's called, Barça Innovation Hub. So yeah, um, that, it was a it was a great period of of my my football career. It's not not being involved in football really at all at the elite level, but it was. I think it's really helped me um, learn a lot more and and really delve deeper into some of the the things that I was really interested in. Um, yeah.
0: Uh, and you mentioned that the Masters you're studying towards now um, in child development, and that's something you, you've studied, for, uh, you studied previously too, and, and, and as you said, um, neurobiology. Um, those aspects of, of, of child development and, and um, thinking about the holistic development of a young individual within football academies is something that has gained increasing focus. It's something I touched upon um, in, in my book, um, and I think it is a, a keen area of focus for a lot of coaches these days. Um, how does that inform your work, and, and how important is it to you to understand the development of a child as as a young person, as a young individual, uh, above and beyond that of them as a footballer or as a goalkeeper?
1: Um, sorry, mate. the 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 child development course was a short course. Right. I, I think that was only um, three months or something like that. the The masters I'm doing now is performance football coaching.
0: Oh, okay, apologies. Yeah. yeah.
1: Right, cool. So, still um
0: again, your studies in child development, I guess, inform a lot of a lot of your work and are clearly quite important to to you in terms of understanding the individuals, the young individuals that you work with. And um so yeah, I was just wondering, do you do you think the the emphasis um on that side of things on, on the, the holistic development of a young individual, which seems to be an increasing focus of of coaches and academies these days, is something that is, is crucial to your role and, and that understanding of how a young young person develops?
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I think there's there's so much. Yeah, I think it's really important, and I think I should know a lot more than I do. I think a lot of academy coaches should know a lot more than they do as well. Um, yeah, in terms of the the holistic development, especially for goalkeepers, I think in in such a um, such a you know a role where you have to be so variable and so adaptable but also such an emotionally challenging role at those young, those young ages. Um, I think it's really important to, to understand um, the environmental factors that sort of shape us as, as children uh, um, and the way we grow up and, and the way we will then react to adversity or or success or, um, yeah just the the emotional the emotional side of things as well as the the you know the different stages and levels of of cognitive development and the way we learn and the way we uh the way we process information so yeah as I say that was that was a, a short course for me and again it, it makes me delve further in and and makes you get more more interested in it it's it's like every little bit of um education that i've done it's the more you know the the more you know you know nothing <laughs> you know it's you, you you have a look in and then you realize how far the rabbit goes with everything and um it's nice to have a little base knowledge but i always feel like um i'm nowhere near where i should be um, but at least i'm i'm on the way
0: um, you're someone in your life who, who has obviously travelled a lot, um, of course, hailing from the other side of the world originally, uh, to coming over here, then, then taking the opportunity to go to Brazil and then to France. Um, is that something that you value highly in your own coaching development? Is that something you'd recommend if, if other coaches have the opportunity to do? It's something very worthwhile and something you'd encourage.
1: Definitely. A million percent. I, I, I always regretted um, leaving Chelsea, When I had that amazing role in an amazing work environment, Um, but I think for my development as a coach, I needed it. I needed to leave and go and you know take a step back so that I could see what I was doing and think about it more and and not have to you know if if I'm going in still three four times a week. sometimes you just it gets a bit overwhelming and you just think i better just stick to what i'm doing and stick to what i'm doing you don't have the time to really step back and and look at the the bigger picture and think what you can change and what you can what you can do but i mean also seeing other people coach and other you know uh, other cultures of football as well Uh, i mean for for me actually i I feel like one of the biggest things for me was going back to playing i mean uh, for the time that i was working at chelsea i um I suppose I'd stopped playing for about five or six years or something like that. And when I went to France, I I played for this grassroots club again. I mean, it was low level and, and I was way off the pace and stuff like that. But being back in that environment, I started, uh, I started realizing how, how detached I was, I suppose um, mentally from the actual goalkeeper. Uh, I was, I was now just this coach and I saw it from a different perspective, but Going back to playing, I felt like uh, it gave me so many more ideas and so many more sort of um, concepts about how, how I should be coaching myself within myself while I was playing and while I was sort of, you know, thinking about the sessions that I'd have to do during the week. Um, so I thought that was really important. But, yeah, I mean, across the board, the, the, the change and the meeting different people and seeing different things... I think it's, yeah, I think it'd be nowhere near where I am in terms of yeah the way I coach and the way I speak to kids and the way i um yeah, the way I operate daily, so yeah I mean and not just in football in in general life but, and that's it's it's almost like I think my 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 journey as a coach being this sort of um ever-changing and adaptable and sort of holistic journey as a coach. I think it makes me feel like it relates a lot more to the journey of how a player should be as well. It should be a bit more holistic and a bit more, you know, huge foundations that that span across all these different um, sports and, and movements and, um, you know realistic environments that they're going to have to go through whether they're whether they're playing or whether they're not whether it's just training or whether it's just um dealing with some kind of adversity away from the pitch i think having this um this really broad base of knowledge and and um experiences it can only help i think
0: yeah absolutely uh you've been with fulham since may this year um uh if i got that right um Fulham Fulham one of the clubs I visited for uh, for the book I I met with um, Hugh Jenkins a couple of times and had some really interesting discussions with him and was able to have a a, a kind of real nice insight into the environment there and it is a really high level environment Um, of course coming from Chelsea you're used to that Um, although the clubs at senior level are on kind of different planes at the moment Um, at at academy level they're both category one academies both, both highly productive and uh, well-respected academies who've produced some very, very good young players over, over the last few years. So I was wondering, um, in terms of the environment you've, you, you're, you're in now, um, does it differ uh, with respect to the, the approaches used? Um, does your own experience with Chelsea help you uh, operate in this environment? And, and how does your own role differ from perhaps what you were doing at Chelsea? Um,
1: yeah, I guess, of course, it differs in terms of... Um... You know, everywhere is going to be slightly different, and, and I think Chelsea's. Uh, you know, it's a it's a different beast altogether because there. There's there's a lot more. I mean, the facilities are amazing. There's a lot more space. There's a lot more staff for every different role. I think I think while I was there, maybe we had eight goalkeeper coaches across the academy, um, and at, at Fulham we've got four, and. You know, there was a lot more maybe movement coaches and strength and conditioning and um, and outfield coaches as well. And, and it, it felt like to me um, maybe I didn't I, I I didn't explore the opportunities outside of my lane. But I felt like I had to stay in my lane at Chelsea, if you know what I mean. Um, but now at Fulham, it, it, it feels like there's a lot more autonomy for for the coaches and, and for the other staff within that. And I think there's a lot more interconnectedness. Um, yeah. Just this purely based out of the fact that there, there isn't maybe as many staff for every different role. And I, I don't think that's, you know, uh, I don't think that's because they can't get enough staff or anything like that. It's just a different environment. Um, so yeah, it's, I just feel, yeah, in terms of the interconnectedness of, of staff and you know, you can you can sort of um, have conversations with them about what you're trying to do and what they're trying to do, and and link up easily. I feel like there's a there's a lot more fluidity to to sessions as well. Uh, maybe this is born out of COVID as well, and and the way things had to change then, but the timetables are quite quite fluid and you can sort of ask for people to come in slightly earlier or stay a little bit later. And, um, yeah, it's, it's different, but the, the end goal is the same. I mean, we're, we're all trying to do the same thing, but just in a slightly different way. And I guess, as I alluded to before, I'm not hundred percent, if anyone knows what is the perfect model and what is actually working. So, There's there's all this you know there's all this experimentation within that 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 you've got to try to do new things and and progress what you're doing but (laughs) it's kind of hard to know whether whether you're breaking something that's not sorry yeah fixing something that's not broken and um yeah it's it's a it's a great a a great environment nonetheless that um yeah.
0: And to just finish up with a couple of more sort of slightly broad scope questions. Um, the position of goalkeeper is one that has perhaps evolved um, more than most over the last decade or two at the senior level. And of course, that will have trickle down effects when it comes to how young goalkeepers are coached and developed. Um, in your time in the game, um, is that something you've noticed? Have you noted any sort of shifts in in developmental strategies or, or how goalkeeper or the approach to coaching goalkeepers has changed and has your own approach changed at all in any, any sort of tangible ways over, over the years?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously I think um, when, when I started, it was, I mean, it was only 10, 10 years ago or something like that, but the, the focus is, is generally all on technical work and footwork and, and making sure that, everything looks clean and looks safe and secure when a ball comes towards the goalkeeper. Um, with the sort of modernization of, of, you know, playing out from the back and and, you know, being more, being more proactive with their feet and helping the team in, in that way. Obviously, I think things change in terms of, you know, it's, it's a broader scope of things that we're working on. And I think there's a lot of people that, are trying to evolve goalkeeping and, and there's a lot of really intelligent younger and older goalkeeper coaches that, that see the need for a, a change and a way to progress it. But I'm not hundred percent sure if, if there has been much of a change yet. Um, it's, I see a lot of, I mean, you, you look at your LinkedIn feed once and, and, I mean, mine is just filled with goalkeeper coaches that that seem like they think they're reinventing the wheel and it's, uh, at a fundamental level, I, I can't see much difference in what everyone's doing. I think the, the key word at the moment would be realism and that's what we all kind of want to recreate, realistic situations and environments and it's still quite hard to do that in terms of logistics, in terms of your space and the timings of when you get the goalkeepers and when they go into the team. And, you know, even if you get a chance to work with a few players and your goalkeepers and try to recreate a situation like that, you've, you, you've got a lot, a lot of factors to take into account um, that doesn't necessarily help your, your planning. So I think there is, is a definite need for evolution if, if not if not a revolution in goalkeeping but um it re- it's going to require some very out of the box thinking and i think uh, i think it's going to need some some sort of big chances to be taken on on how we change um goalkeeping and yeah it's 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 definitely happening it's just it's bubbling under the surface, I think. Still, I, I think it's taken a lot longer than than you know. Outfield coach, outfield coaching has has really progressed and progressed and progressed, and it's it's so modernized and so in depth. And the the way we link with SNC and movement coaches and and you know the tactical and technical, it's just also so nice and holistic and fits into this great little. Uh, model you know whether it's slightly different at different clubs it, it's you know almost irrelevant because it's it is so holistic. I think goalkeeping is not quite there yet it's it's still you know your little group that goes off separate from all that beautiful nice holistic stuff and and you try and create a you know an ever-changing chaotic dynamic context with two or three goalkeepers in the corner of a pitch. so, yeah, there's, there's, there's something that needs to happen. It's just, um, whether we can sort of work out the, the logistics of it. And, um, yeah, I, I think there's going to be a big shift. I think there should be a big shift towards sort of a games-based pedagogy for goalkeeping, trying to, trying to get them to be, uh, moving more and, um, experiencing sort of anticipation and decision-making and, and all those physical and technical outcomes a lot more often, but in a competitive and, um, you know, competitive, energetic and dynamic sort of environment, that's, that's the, the, the way that we sort of get all these outcomes to come out quicker or, or get them to experience these situations more and more often rather than, you know, just a goalkeeper coach and a a goalkeeper and we're kicking balls at them and telling them where they're going and you know it's yeah I'm I'm working on it (laughs) I think we're all working on it I don't think anyone's got there yet
0: Chris this has been this has been great thank you so much for taking the time to join me on, on the podcast today
1: yeah no worries a pleasure mate cheers
0: Chris Ramsey there on the evolution of academy goalkeeping coaching. My book, The Dream Factory Inside the Make or Break World of Football's Academies, is out now and available at all the
1: usual retailers.